0: Welcome to the Grace City, Tampa podcast. My name is Alex Damari. Me and my wife, Brianna, are the lead pastors. Our vision is to lead people into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that today's podcast will build you up, lift your faith, and encourage you in the journey. Here's the message. Oh, man. (laughs) Part Part of me hates intros. Because uh, you got to live up to the hype a little bit. So uh, if I don't, that's his fault. It's not mine. Uh, but I'm excited to be here. My name is Bobby Maynellis. Uh, like Pastor Alex said, I have the honor and the privilege of being the high school youth pastor here. Uh, it's been amazing. Uh, I love our pastors. They, I say, always say this when people are like, okay, how are your pastors? I'm like, dude, they, if you are walking in at a two, so insecure, and down and out about yourself, you at least walk out being an eight. They are that amazing, they, they are so uh, supportive, they're the best encouragers, and they're just amazing. They're on sabbatical right now, so that's just a fancy word for saying they're trying to get away from you and me. Um, no, but they're, 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 they're hanging out, they're, they're resting, and they're planning and praying for the future of our church, so uh, keep thinking about them, keep praying for them. Uh, it's been amazing in our church so far, we've had city groups, we've had so many amazing things. So far, happened me and Manny, uh, Manny and I, grammatically correct. We'll be leading up youth ministry together. Uh, it's gonna be awesome. Uh, we'll hit you with the interest services, uh, Casey. Casey, where, where's there? You are, buddy. So stoked, uh, Casey. You've become my best friend the last three years. So excited for you. You're gonna be starting young adults. So that's a, a lot of us in this room. It's gonna be so exciting. Uh, but today, I have the honor, and privilege of speaking with you today. Uh, I love church. I've I've grown up in church basically my whole life, I I didn't always grow up in the right family environment. My family kind of grew up in a broken home a little bit, uh, but I also grew up in church at the same time. I have a praying grandma that's sitting in the back, back there, and uh, she got me through a lot. And so I'm thankful that she's here, got some family in here, it's been amazing. But we're gonna be starting a series on the book of James. We're gonna be starting in James, This a little background on James. James is kind of like a savage, okay? He is the half-brother of Jesus. And so with that, there comes a little bit of an authority. And what I love about James is that if I was the brother of God, okay, like I would be letting you know I am the brother of God, okay? But what I love about James is he starts off the beginning of James chapter 1 and he says, James, a servant of God. I love that. A servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ calls him by his last name. (laughs) What I love about James is he has this authority, but he doesn't flaunt it. And so we're gonna be reading in James chapter one, verses 19 through 25, and it starts off like this. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger, there's a difference between human anger and righteous anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word, but does not do what it says, is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror, and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. You ever looked in the fridge, and try to look for food all my college people in the house I know you've looked in the fridge and you tried to find food and you go back 10 minutes later and there's still nothing there he says whoever looks in, it's like someone who looks in the mirror and forgets what they look like but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it not forgetting what they have heard but doing it they will be blessed in what they do I want to go to Numbers chapter 20 as well. We're going to parallel this a little bit. It's a, a story of Moses, and it's when he performs this miracle, and he, he water flows out of this rock. And it says this in Numbers chapter 20. In the first month, bear with me, the whole Israelite community arrived at the desert of Zin, and they stayed at Kadesh. There, Miriam, did I get those names? Cool. There, Miriam died and was buried. Now there was no water for the community and the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. They quarreled with Moses and said, if only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord, it's a little too extra. Why did you bring the Lord's community into this wilderness that we and our livestock should die here? Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place? It has no grain or figs, grapevines, pomegranates. Those are gross anyways and there's no water to drink. Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance to the tent of meeting and fell face down. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, Take the staff, and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock and before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence. Just as he commanded him, he and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock. And Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm, and he struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust, me, trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. Come on, would you pray with me? God, I just thank you so much for this moment that we have together. We come from so many different walks of life, so many different areas. How unique is this moment that we all come from many different backgrounds, different moments, and things that we've been through, but we're here in this room today. So I pray, God, that you would just speak to us. Lord, would you speak through me? Everything that is of me would fall to the floor. God, we love you, and we're so thankful for who you are. It's in your name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Well, I don't know uh, what kind of kids you were growing up, okay? So I I think I got it down to uh, two types of people. You know, you got your type A's, you got your type B's. You got those people that you're introverted, you're extroverted, or you want to get all philosophical. There's people that are interested, and there's those that are interesting. Like, you can get get all like that. You see, but I, I think I got it down to a perfect two groups of people. Now that is, that, that's, a, that's a very bold statement to say that there's only two types of people in here, but I, I think I got it. You see, there were those who were spanked, and there were those who were not. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to tell you, like, to, this is not me telling you to spank your kids, don't spank your kids, who, don't spank anybody, I guess. <laughs> but there's, there's two types of people, they were spanked, And those that were not, I mean, you can tell right off the bat, right? Like, you can tell who was and who wasn't. You guys remember those memes that were, like, on Facebook? It was, like, 2016. It was, like, oh, you clearly didn't experience this, and it shows. Like, you didn't have a good childhood, and it shows. It's, like, (laughs) it's very rude. You see, growing up, my parents never really spanked me. Uh, I I experienced the wrath of God through them, um, but I never really got spanked. Necessarily, uh, but it was because I had this uh, overwhelming disappointment already. I was always like, my, my dad would say, "I'm disappointed in you," and I'd say, "I'm so sorry," you know, just like run and start crying. You see, growing up, that I never really got spanked, but a lot of times my parents knew uh, they they weren't always setting the best example. So what they would do is they would say, "Hey, do as I say, not as I do." Right. So I was always struggling with this statement because. Um, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, why? And you know when kids are like, why? <laughs> and you give them an answer, why? This guy's why? And they just keep, they keep saying why. And so that was me as a kid. I, always, I was asking why. If I wasn't saying it, I was thinking it. And I'll never forget, there was this one moment. I was a little kid, and I want to say, what, four or five years old, and there was this grill, this smoker that, was, that we were grilling one day. And I love to grill. I love food. I love the whole ambiance, the let's go, July 4th is every day of the year, like we're cooking chicken, sausage, all these different things, and I'll never forget, I was this little, I was this little kid, it's one of the core memories that I have, and this is why, I, I wanted to so badly touch this grill, and this thing, I mean, it, it's got to be like, what, like 400 degrees or something, and I, I, I'm going up to it, and my parents are like, Junior, don't you touch that grill, I'm like, how'd you know, <laughs> like, don't you touch that grill, and I was like, I mean, all right. And I take a few steps back. Five minutes later, it's like Nemo. It's like, don't touch the butt, the boat. And, I, and so I so badly wanted to touch this grill. And my mom said again, she was like, don't you touch it. They kind of go off, and I sneak away, and then I slap this grill. I'm, I, I, I mean, I palm the sucker. And I palm it, and it burns me so bad. My parents hear me scream, and they start running out, and they're like, Why did you touch the, what did you do? Like, why did you touch the grill? And I'm like, I don't know. It hurts so bad. It stinks. And they were kind of like mad at me. And and what they did afterwards is they spanked me. I'm like, you got the audacity. I literally, I just touched this grill. I just hurt myself. And you're going to spank me for touching this grill? Like, how does that, that's actually abuse. That doesn't make any sense. So I touched the grill and, you know, so many times uh, I've had moments like this, but, you know, oftentimes we we listen and we don't do things just because we don't know the why behind it. It's like, you just don't know, we just don't know the why. And I want to quickly give you the answer right off the bat. And this this is the why. We listen and we do the things that God tells us. And it's to glorify Jesus. We do not simply listen to rules and instructions just to be higher up in some hierarchy with Jesus. No, we do it to glorify Him and to honor who He was and what He did for us. Yeah. You see, so many times, like we we look at Jesus and we're trying to climb this ladder, or this corporate ladder with Him or something. And the way I look at Him is, you see, I would never go to my grandmother's house and I would only be nice to her because I'm like she's going to be nice to me in return. Like that's my grandma. It's like, I'm going to be nice to my grandma because that's my grandma. She's done so much for me. She gave birth to my dad and like, gave birth to me. <laughs> you see, I would never look at, I, we shouldn't look at Jesus as like we're climbing a, a ladder with him, a, a hierarchy. You see, when we, when we go back and we look at the story of Moses striking the rock, we can see that he missed out on a moment of glorifying God. You see, God tells him to speak to the rock. And what he chooses to do is he chooses to disobey, and he strikes the rock. And God not only kept him out of the promised land because he was just angry, but it was also because he missed out on a moment of giving God the credit. It looked like Moses took the credit of striking this rock. He forgot why we listened. You see, so many times I had these why moments. I, I usually get these when, you know, I'm by myself, and I'm, in, I'm like all in my head, and I'm like, why am I 5'7"? Like, why... <laughs> Why, why don't I look like Brad Pitt? And I'm like, it's like, it's unfair. You know, I usually get this uh, when I'm at the gym. And I, I'm like, oh, man, like, dude, like, Tom Hardy over there is, like, so jacked. It's like, it's like, I'm on this actor role thing, like, right now. And, I, and the thing is, like, I get so mad at myself. I'm like, why don't I look like him? And really, the only difference between me and Tom Hardy getting jacked in the gym is, is the fact that he's been there for a while and he's just been doing it. You see, if you don't jump in, you'll just keep wondering why you never did it. You see, if we never listen or do things in faith, we'll honestly just keep wondering why we never did it. I love that James ties in these two topics in, of discussion when it comes to listening and doing. He says, Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. This is identity. This is him talking about identity. You see, when we do what God says, it is a direct tie to who we acknowledge that we are. You see, uh, we are children of God. Ephesians 2.10, I got some verses for you. Ephesians 2.10 says this. It says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are God's temple and that the spirit dwells in you? 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. It's our identity. This, this is our identity. We have to acknowledge uh, who we are and whose we are and who we belong to. The second thing that he talks about is liberty. He says, anyone who listens to the word does not do what it says. It's like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the law that gives freedom, they will be blessed. They'll experience liberty and freedom. You see, when we're listening and doing, it brings freedom. Galatians 5.1 says, For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Galatians 5.13 says, For you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. What I love, I love this about freedom because... So many times we're self-seeking for our own freedom. Our culture and our world so badly wants to tell you to get mine, get yours, get whatever happened to you, it's fine. Uh, It doesn't doesn't involve anybody else. Uh, You get your own and you worry about yourself. And what I love about this is that freedom isn't just for you, but it's for others as well. You see, when you listen and you do, it's not only about you. It affects those around you. Uh, My main point and my only point is this. It says, when we listen and do what God says, it does three things. The first one is this, is it blesses our own life. When we listen and do what God says, it does three things. It blesses our own life. You know God wants to bless you. Like, Like truly, like he actually is obsessed with you. Like you are the apple of his eye. Like he is obsessed with you there's nothing you could do there is nothing that you have gone through that that would make jesus think otherwise about you he wants to bless you but he also wants you to steward your blessing right so i would never give a motor vehicle to a four-year-old right because clearly they would not be able to operate it that is a blessing that they could not steward that would be a blessing that they could not drive you see but when the time comes and you've shown faithfulness. God will bless you and he'll trust you with his blessings. Second one is this. When we listen and do what God says, it blesses our own life. And then it empowers others. See, I want to talk to the, to the older people in this room. Okay? Uh, I just want to say thank you so much for the life that you have just set as an example so far. Because I need it. So many people need it. We need it. Our peers need it. I want to say thank you so much for that example. You see, we need that consistency. And it empowers me and empowers so many of us. It's going to empower our youth in the future. It's going to be amazing. You see, this thing is a journey. And if you're younger in this room, I want to say to you, start dedicating your life to listening and doing what God says. Because it's not just about you. It's about other people. They're going to, they're going to feed and be impacted by the decisions that you make. You see, the third, third point is this. When we listen and do what God says, it blesses our own life, empowers others, and then it glorifies God. I want to live a life that glorifies God. Like, if, if the thing that I'm doing does not glorify God, like, I already don't want to talk in this mic, it's like, if this thing ain't doing it, like I don't want it. Give me Jesus, don't give me anything else Give me what glorifies God. It doesn't have to look good. doesn't have to seem like a cool trend, but give me Jesus, and I'm good. See, God uses you. He uses me. He uses each and every one of us. He can use any situation to glorify him. People that aren't perfect, people that don't have it all together, people that are going through some things, learning some things, dealing with some things, but he uses you and I to glorify him. I want to call the band up as we start landing here. I want to go back to the beginning of these verses. You see, it says in James, my, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. You see, I wanted to land here because there's this thing about anger. It's important to know that you can't do all of this stuff angry. You can't do it angry. And I like that James starts this section this way because he says, anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. You see, Moses didn't get to see the promised land because of a moment of anger. But what God does is he disciplines him because he loves him. So you can't do this thing angry because this is what anger does. Anger promotes our own agenda. Sam Fender, Holly Humberstone, I'm a music fiend say this. They say, the thing with anger is that it begs to stick around so it can fleece you of your beauty and leave you spent with nothing to offer. The third thing is this. is It's very important. This is what anger does. Anger reasons us out of repentance oh my goodness that one is so tough like have you ever had to say sorry for so many times that you've been angry or with with somebody I mean it's 10 times out of 10 like I do not want to say sorry if I am angry if I'm so flustered that's the last thing I want to do like in my house everybody would say you're I'm seeing red right now you're making me see red I'm seeing red I'm like "I'm, I'm so sorry but like nobody says sorry You see, I've wasted so much time uh, delaying my obedience and and trying to justify so many things because I was angry, but really all I was was doing was delaying my calling. I was delaying moments with Jesus. And what that does is that doesn't set us free. It it points us to a moment where we feel right in our anger. And James says, anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. You see, all my teenage years, i wasted so much time doing this because my parents were splitting up here and there, divorcing left and right. I was not that good in school. And I, took, I literally took intensive reading until my senior year of high school. And I, I stunk at, reason, at reading. It was terrible. And I never knew why. This made me so insecure. And I was like, how am I ever going to make it to college? And if I do make it into college, how am I going to make it through? And what I love about this is, in this story is that Five years ago, something changed when I stepped into a community like this and I opened up my world of weakness to so many people, people that were struggling, people that were dealing with the same things, people that didn't have it all together, people that were dedicated to to changing the world around them. And what I experienced is that God says this, He said, I love you and I accept you as you are, but I love you way too much to leave you that way. I mean. I was stuck in cycles, I was stuck in moments of pain and trauma and struggle, but Jesus loves you so much that he'll accept you as you are, which is already a great thing for you and me, but he loves you way too much to leave you how he found you. You see, it is not rules, it is not regulation, it is not law that leads us to repentance, that frees us. The Bible says it is his kindness, it is his kindness that leads us to repentance it was it was nothing else it's nothing else it's nothing that you could do no striving no fixing all this stuff that you want to put together and you want to build Jesus says it is my kindness that leads you to repentance and this is what kindness does kindness gives grace no matter what kindness points and leads us to repentance it leads us to repentance it was not you it was not me it was not anything else it was his kindness so many of us we're so hard on ourselves and what god is saying is that you don't need to be a finished product you are a work in progress do not look at yourself as a work as a finished product look at look at yourself as a work in progress you see with that process so many times we get so caught up in our mind, and and we're the hardest on ourselves. You have to give grace to others, and you gotta give grace to yourself. So many of us, you're in this room, and you don't notice the progress you're making because you keep setting the bar on yourself. And can I tell you, that's okay to to have standards. It's okay to have dreams and aspirations, and, and to have plans, and to raise a bar, but not at the expense of you trusting Jesus. Not at the expense of you trusting God. So many times I get so caught up in this, and I'm like, I'm like man, God, really? Because I'm not the kindest to myself. But what Jesus says is, you be obedient, and you trust me, and I'll show you a life of abundance. And you listen to it. Come on, church. Will you stand to your feet with me? I want to talk to a group of people just for a brief moment. Um, I was talking to Manny before, and I was debating if I wanted to say this, but... I feel like I heard a pastor say this about a month and a half ago, and it changed my life. Um, he said this. He said, don't let trauma be a justification for behavior. And at first, if you're in the midst of trauma, like that's a hard thing to, to hear, because you see, trauma can be debilitating, it can cripple us, it can make us feel so small. And I'd be remiss if I, if I didn't acknowledge the fact that there's people in this room I know that have been through some things, that have seen some things, experienced some things. We don't get caught up in a cycle. Don't get caught up in, in the past and in, in, in the trauma. I wanna encourage you to open your world to other people. Because Jesus doesn't wanna leave you in a cycle. He doesn't wanna leave you in a sin cycle. He doesn't wanna leave you in, in your family history, your background. No, he loves you and he accepts you as you are, but he wants to change you from the inside out. He wants to change you, he wants to heal you, he wants to show you his love, his mercy, he is for you. So every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna ask two questions. I have two invitations. The first one is this, is if you're in this room and you've never accepted Jesus into your heart, maybe you've been to church 300 times maybe this is your first time if you've never accepted jesus i want to encourage you to raise your hand on the count of three with every head bowed every eye closed one jesus loves you he died for you two the bible says now is the time for salvation three don't waste another moment if you want to accept jesus into your heart Amazing. My second question is this, is if you're in this room and, and you want to listen and do what God says, not out of some moral obligation, but out of a true love for Jesus, raise your hand all across this room. I got my hand raised. Lord, you see every single hand. You know every story. You know the hairs on our head. And God, yet you still love us. You accept us. And God, we are not... A finished product we are a work in progress so God we give our all to you we listen and we want to do what you say because we love you Jesus it is not what we've done but it is what you've done it is your kindness it is your kindness that leads us to repentance it is nothing else and so God we give our all to you because we love you and we praise you it's in your name we pray amen 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 come on let's sing this out thank you for listening to the Gray City Tampa podcast Stay tuned for more weekly messages from our church.